following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 119, getting the most out of your flight review, coming up in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Sean Moody, Eric Crump, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome, aviators and nav geeks. We have a special show for you tonight, focusing on a very important topic. You will be discussing through our entire flying career and flying life. The topic is an idea from our co-host Russ Rosleski. And uh, Russ, by the way, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Carl. And also welcome everybody else tonight. We have with us uh, Rick Felty and Hello, Sean Moody. Hello, and uh, Victoria Newville. Hey, hey. And Tom Frick from uh, sunny Florida. Hey, how's it going? Good, good, good. It's great to have everybody here. We have a, a this is a, a really cool topic, and it comes from an email from Russ. And Russ, I'm going to actually read that email because I thought it was really cool to introduce this. Uh, and it really is something that I think people have a lot of confusion about. I know I've written articles in the past about how not never to do a flight review again. Well, you know, it's a little bit misleading as far as the title's concerned, and uh, it gets people interested in it. That's one of the reasons I made that title, but. As a matter of fact, I don't. I haven't done a flight review in so many years, over a decade, and we'll get to why and in a second here. Let's do the pre-flight. But before we get started, one of the things I want to mention is in the last episode, you know, we, we put out there live from Sun and Fun, which was really cool. That was so much fun. Sun and Fun was a blast. Uh, Russ was there. Tom was there. We had this great interaction going on with all the folks there. <laughs> Russ really hit it out of the park with with the interviews. That was terrific <laughs> what you did there. I, I mean, Russ, you you had a you had a lot of fun. That was your first one, uh, the first Sun and Fun, I think, right? Yeah, it was, and uh, yeah, it was. I think it was about forty five interviews, so it was a lot of fun. Wow, wow, yeah. forty five, and uh, and those will be up on chats from the deck. Actually, we'll have a link to that uh, from and Sun and Fun Radio. And one of the things that I always like to ask people is, what did you think about Sun and Fun? It, was it was it different than any other show you've been to? Um, it, you know, it was. I, I I'm not supposed to compare it to the other show, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but it was nice. It was uh, it had everything you needed, everything you wanted to see, but everything was just a little bit smaller and a little more. Uh, I don't know. Close, close. I, I, yeah. I guess it's a yeah. It was nice. Yeah. We're, by the way, that's that was a rule of the station. We're we're on our own podcast here. You can you can mention anything you want. By the way, <laughs> it's it's free game here. So game on. You can go ahead and, and tell us what what you really think. I mean, the, the other show you're referring to, I think, is is Air Venture up in Oshkosh, and it's okay to say that. And, oh yeah. Well yeah. yeah. Based my opinion of, of Son of Fun and, and Oshkosh, I've been to Oshkosh I think three times, and and Son of Fun is my first time, and I, I like them both really. I I really enjoyed sun and fun especially because well one it's it's in april so you know in a lot of the country it's cold still <laughs> so, <laughs> so you get to go into warm but uh but also like i like i previously mentioned everything was just a lot closer you know from the airplane camping to you know whatever you know center stage everything was you know like a 15 minute walk oh man at oshkosh if you're in the north 40 <laughs> it's 15 minutes to get to the tram <laughs> so uh yeah so it's Everything's just a lot closer, a lot tighter, and it was nice. It was a good time. You know what's but as far as numbers of vendors and all that kind of stuff, it everything was basically the same. They had the same, you know, same big hangars with the vendors, same display aircraft, all that kind of thing. What's interesting, I thought, was the there was a, a shift this year and then from the past years of of people coming in from the street, people coming in from all over, and, and not just aviators, but people have been to their first air show, people that are are listening and and watching all the videos and the podcasts and the Sun and Fun Radio, and have gotten interested in coming inside and looking what's inside the fence, and I think. 
that's really cool because a lot of people mention how you know maybe it was a little bit down from years past as far as the number of aircraft and the number of people camping with aircraft etc but the cool thing is ticket sales were way up and that's really neat it's neat to see new people coming in i mean rick and i were just talking about the next generation of aviators they were in the door they were coming through the gates and they were really excited to be there and i thought that was really really cool we also had some uh really fun guests remember russ and, and tom on the deck we uh we had and we didn't mention this but in the uh, podcast title but the last show live from sun and fun we actually had ken cage and he's from Airplane Repo, and he started a new podcast. And we also had uh, Rod Rakick from uh, uh, Open Airplane ta- talked about some really cool stuff as far as what they're doing there. And then a, a few other you know surprise guests came up and on the deck. But it was just a, a fun free-for-all. So if you get a chance, listen to the last episode. It's about sun and fun. Listen to uh, some pretty cool stories from, from the folks from the Discovery Channel and from, uh, from Ken Cage. They, they were, by the way, all those folks were around for almost the entire sun and fun. Well, let's move on to uh, actually our topic this evening again. And Russ, thanks, by the way, thanks again for volunteering. Uh, And Tom, thanks for volunteering. Uh, I think that's another thing, uh, by the way, our listeners don't realize. We are all doing this as volunteers. We don't get paid to go on the air, and the radio station is all volunteers. Sun and Fun runs based on their volunteers, and without that, they couldn't do it. There's very, very few people that are actually paid to work at uh, Sun and Fun. So, guys, thanks. did a great job. Appreciate that. Now entering cruise flight. Let's look at this email. I, uh, I, Russ, I think it was you. You sent me this email. And he and Russ says, uh, I'll quote you here, says, uh, ask, why don't we talk about flight reviews? And he says, specifically, as, a, as the pilot, how to make sure you're getting something out of it. It's effective, worthwhile, and educational instead of just a maneuvers practice. Those are all great questions, Russ. And Russ continues, As a CFI, I love it when prospective flight reviews come to me with specific areas they know they need work on. But unfortunately, few ever actually do. Many probably don't even realize that they can have input into the flight review. They just show up, get quiz for an hour, fly steep turns, stalls, and a few landings, and get signed off for another two years. Instead, they should help make it tailored to their needs. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight, how you can get the most out of your flight review. And Russ, this is a great question that you had. And I think we've all been through a flight review. Uh, and some of us haven't had flight reviews in years, like I said. But but to get to that point, let's first define what a flight review is. For those people that are students right now uh, or that are non-aviators right now, why, why are we discussing flight reviews? And, and what is a flight review, Russ? Well, the FAA requires that one – okay, so let, I guess let's start at the beginning here. You go through all your training. You become a private pilot or, or a sport pilot or, or, or whatever your first rating is. So you can become a private pilot. And your certificate never expires. It's good for the rest, rest of your life unless it's suspended or revoked or something like that. But, but in general, it's good for the rest of your life. However, the FAA requires that every 24 months you get with an instructor – and do what's called a flight review. It used to be called the biennial flight review, which is still technically accurate as every two years, but the FAA wanted to remove that emphasis on every two years and try to encourage this flight review to be kind of an ongoing process and hoping that people would seek out currency training and proficiency training on a regular basis. But the minimum is uh, every 24 months you go see an instructor and... Again, the minimum requirement is one hour of, of ground you know, review and one hour of, of flight. But what I was alluding to in the email was that this isn't, you know, you just show up and you, 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 book, you book an airplane earlier in the day and you show up and then there you are and the, and the instructor just kind of opens up your head and dumps in some knowledge and then you go fly and you show them you can fly. It should be more than that, and it should be better. And you, as the pilot, really can control that. And so, so my focus here is not just, like I said, just showing up and and going through the motions. You're going to be with this flight instructor for at least a few hours, realistically. Make it worthwhile, and we're going to have some uh, kind of some some topics and how and ideas how you can do that here in, in a few minutes. But but make worthwhile. Have input into this process so that you're getting something out. Like I said, you're going to be there anyway. You might as well make it interesting and enjoyable, right? Exactly. I think that's, that's a great point, Russ. 
So in doing that, what do you tell your students about the flight review? You, you finished up with a student that got their private. Uh, do you mention this to them and say to them, hey, listen, this is what you should be doing during your flight review. Don't look at the minimums. Look at getting something out of that. Yeah, it, it comes up. You know, when, of course, there's a bit of repeated business interest there too, right? Right. <laughs> you know, you know they, they, uh, the student gets, his, gets signed up for their check ride, and hopefully I, I tell them, I, I hope this isn't the last time I see you. you know? right. I, I, I want to see you again. And, and, but at a minimum, you know, here in 24 months, here's, you know, here's a requirement. Of course, we've talked about uh, all the you know, Part 61 requirements and such. But... But so I try to stress to them, hey, look, this is the requirement. But honestly, you know, you're really doing well right now. You're going to be going for a check ride. If you don't fly much, even if you do in our six months or so, maybe you know, a year, hopefully less. Give me a call. Let's go. Uh, let's go polish up things and see how they're how they're how they're doing. Uh, and and quite a few now having kind of prompted that train of thought, they will. And those are the ones that when we get to the actual flight review, we'll put in that little extra effort to send me something ahead of time saying, hey, I'd like to work on these following items. So there's, uh, you know, we're doing the flight review. Before we get to that, there's a couple things we can substitute for a flight review before we actually talk about making that effective. What are, what are, give us an example of one thing, and I'll, I'll put in one thing also if you want. Yeah, we could, like, go around the, <laughs> go yeah. around the host here and all fill one thing, right? Well, one is, of course, if you have another check ride for an additional rating, right. you get your private check ride, and uh, a year later you take an instrument check ride. That resets your flight review. So that's that's always a good idea. So th- that that flight review is uh, it, there's nothing that it quote unquote expires. It's just that you have to have a flight review. If you can't don't have a flight review, you're going to have to go up with in an airplane with a actual pilot that's a flight instructor. And, and this is a point I want to make here. The reason I'm saying that and stressing that is this CFI renewal, do, that doesn't count towards your flight review. Some people, have, I know that it's kind of obvious to a lot of us, but some people say, well, I just did my CFI renewal. Why can't that count? And, well, that's not in an airplane. It's, as a matter of fact, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. So, And Russ is telling me, no, I'm wrong. So go ahead, Russ, tell me why. No, I was actually misunderstanding you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm doing the... the you, uh, you are correct. If it, the instructor is the, the, the FERC or something. Does yes, the FERC, exactly. So I'm doing this. Now, remember, all these, these the people that are asking me these questions, right, are people I'm working with You know, at the airline. They're saying, well, why doesn't that count? Well, it doesn't count because the, the renewal of the CFI through a FERC is, doesn't count a flight in, instructor refresher clinic or an online course. The way that you can do that, the renewal as as your flight review, is based on. Go ahead, Russ, and you're you're doing this right now, are you not? Well, yeah, that that's the. Uh, you mean talking about the uh, renewing the flight instructor uh, right. certificate? Yeah. Well, I, I did it through uh, renewal. A uh, number of students I'd signed off, but uh, even that in itself doesn't count for a flight review mm-hmm. either. What would, from a flight instructor standpoint, is passing another check ride for a flight instructor rating, Perfect. which would count. But, um, but yeah, as far as how pilots can reset their flight review, of course, we talked about the uh, the additional rating. Of course, there's the wings program, which uh, I'm not sure if we want to get into or oh, you know, sure. later or something, but. Uh, but there, there are certainly other ways, and we can, we can kind of go around and talk about them. Well, and, and I think, uh, Tom, you wanted to discuss. I know Tom's helped me out quite a bit with the WINGS program. So, Tom, uh, that's something that I think is really important is is doing the actual WINGS uh, program, the pilot proficiency program, because that actually counts towards your flight review, does it not? It does, and, and you can get all of the ground portion of uh, your flight review out of the way before you even go see a CFI, just through uh, the FAA's... Um, wings program, the pilot proficiency program, and um, you know it, it'll put everybody up to speed. Um, there's you do it at your own pace. They encourage you. That's why they got rid of the um, the biennial part is because they encourage you to do this throughout the year, throughout the time that you're you're away from any type of um, lessons or anything like that to keep refreshed and keep your head in the game per se. Right, and and that actual flight review. This is something that I think people. When I, I promote the FA Wings program and the flight review through that program, you can go to fasafety.gov and check it out. It's not easier than doing this one hour and one, one hour of ground. They're like, oh, this, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. I think it's more robust and it gives you a lot more experience. And it's something that actually can be a little bit more difficult. But 
Remember, in that WINGS program, that flight review, and I get this question quite often, about every 6 to 12 months, is that, well, I did a flight review. Can I? Why can't I get the WINGS credit for that flight review? And this is going to be a little technical, but, uh, you know, within the WINGS program, it specifies exactly what you need to do for your flight review for, to account as credit within the program to get your level of WINGS. So that's really, really important that you, you do it the way that the WINGS program tells you to do that so that it counts as a flight review and counts as a level of the WINGS. Otherwise, it won't. You can have a regular flight review, but you won't get WINGS credit for it unless you do it per the specifications of that actual course within the WINGS program. So if go check it out and do exactly what it says and have your instructor sign it properly, and you're good. You've got your WINGS. You have a level of the WINGS. And, and now we're on the WINGS FA Safety Program. They, they really, the, the WINGS program was set up, just like you said, Tom, is to get us to, to become more involved in safety but in proficiency and therefore safety. And what this does is it allows you to to have different levels of accomplishment, which I think is really important. You know, you want to get credit for all the work you do. So you have like the different levels of wings, like the basic, the advanced, and the master. But what's really important is there's a ground portion and there's a flight portion. The ground portion usually consists of three different credits. And those three credits are normally an hour each. So you're talking three hours of ground. And then the flight portion is three credits. Now the credits in the air are just accomplishments. You know, you have to you have to accomplish certain maneuvers, etc. But it's probably going to be more than an hour. So you're not doing the minimum of one hour of ground and one hour of flight. But with that said, that's the point I think Russ is trying to make: is that this should be more than that. This should be, and that's why we're having this discussion. This should be something that we're going to with our instructor and saying, "Hey, I want to get something out of our flight review." So let's talk about that, Russ. Let's talk about ways that, and, and everybody here, ways that we can actually make our flight review a little more prescient, a little more uh, specific to us. So I, I feel that, and Russ, I know you do through your comments, that we really need to put together a, a goals uh, sheet when, in our flight review beforehand and say, listen, this is what I need. You know, I need to go over, you know, I, I'm studying for my CFI renewal right now. And honestly, the VFR rules, they're tough for me. I have to go back and review all those things all the time because of the fact that I don't actually fly VFR that often. It's usually IFR. So I have to go in and, and look at all the different rules. What can we do at night? What can we do in Class G airspace at night? That type of thing. So I think that that's quite important. But attending the wings and attending and other things I think are, are extremely important as far as, as what you can do as far as moving forward, but also having a goals in mind and something set. Now, uh, Tom, you've, have you had the chance to do a flight review yet with uh, any students? I have, and, and you know, that's what I was going to say is our fearless leader here, Carl, uh, went ahead and did um, his WINGS program before uh, he actually came and saw me, and I got to do a flight review for him. <laughs> and uh, before we did the, the flight portion of it, um, you know, I mean, you know, talk about prepared. He showed up with all his paperwork and all ready to go and had all of his, um, you know, uh, the courses that he had passed for the WINGS program and had what he wanted to work on that day as far as uh, his flight review. And, and we talked about it and went over it and then went out and flew it. And it was uh, it was was quite a quite interesting to watch that that entire process. Being a new CFI at the time, um, you know, it was it was a, it was a lesson for me as well as a, a good experience in, in helping Carl uh, stay current. So so it was an interesting experience. Like expand on that. Did I did I scare you, Tom? Is that what you're trying to say? Oh no! no. <laughs> only that first. It was only the first landing. You know, when, when a guy when, when a guy in an Airbus all of a sudden tries to land a Piper Warrior, you know, I had to kind of get him down a little closer to the ground. But other than that, we were great. It's down there. Yeah. I remember that. It's down yeah, I, there. Yeah. No, no, no. We got to go down a little further. <laughs> That's funny, but it, uh, it's the audible sound he made. <gasps> <laughs> but uh, by digress. That's one of the things that, that I think is is cool about the wings is that all your stuff is together. It should be. You just print it out and you bring it to your instructor. And your instructor just it you know looks at it and says, Oh, this is how we do that, and then goes online and he gives you credit for that. You know, you request credit from the instructor and you, you move forward there. But I think I think one of the things that I had mentioned in the whole flight review process is more flying the VFR, doing things VFR, not not talking to people. And I and I do fly quote unquote VFR in uncontrolled airports at my regular job or on on towered airports at my regular job. But it's so infrequent. I mean, it happens in the middle of the night usually, 
and you know I have to learn how to turn on the lights, that type of thing. So those are the things that that I think we really need to come forward with is is actually having that list based on on our experiences and in our backgrounds. I know. Um, Let's see. I think Victoria, did you say you were going for your flight review, or you had one recently? I can't remember now. I am due for one in August. August, okay. So, and that's because the last thing you did was a rating, and now it's twenty-four months. Or was it because you did a flight review? Uh, flight review. I did the rating thing before, so it got reset when I did my commercial. But uh, two years after that, it was time to do another flight review. And you know, it's funny how. Um, you said that you had a list of things you wanted to do versus the basic maneuvers. I got so into the pattern of doing cross country and that's all I was doing for the longest time that when I went to the BFR, I was like, I want to do stalls. I want to do steep turns. Like I want to do turns around a point. I want to do all that basic stuff that I've forgotten because all I do is go from point A to point B and land. And, um, it was, kind of an eye opener when I did my last flight review how you know rusty you can get on this basic stuff and, and that basic stuff being just you're saying like stalls ste- in yeah kind of like what you would learn as a student pilot a lot of people might scoff at going out and practicing stalls or steep turns or turns around a point but you know there's a reason we learn them and right. there's skill involved and you learn a lot so when you're just used to going to the beach and landing and going back home and landing, it's it's kind of nice to brush up on that stuff and remember, you know, aerodynamics and stuff. So for, for you, this is a good example. For you, maybe going over cross-country flying wouldn't be such a great idea because you do it so much. And for you, just briefing all the different, you know, stalls, the aerodynamics for, aerodynamics for the stalls, why an airplane stalls, and also possibly go over some of the new equipment that they might be putting in angle of attack indicators, that type of thing might be actually something good for you, you know, as far as the ground review is concerned. Yeah. It's definitely something that should probably be customized based on that person's needs. And I feel like someone should go in a bit prepared and tell the CFI, not just be like, Hey, Mr. CFI, what are we going to do here? Right. You know, it's interesting. I had a, a discussion with a, a friend of mine, Jamie Beckett, out in uh, Winter Haven. This was years ago, and he was giving a review to somebody who does all these steerman checkouts and steerman rides and that type of thing. And and he uh, he actually said to him, he says, listen, we're getting out of here. We're going to go on this airplane, and we're going to take a radio because this guy has never talked on the radio in a long time. That's another thing, too. Some of us, and honestly, I'm that type of person, really don't like to fly in airports where I have to talk on the radio. Uh, that that could be either because we have maybe a fear of the radio and, and the mic fright, et cetera, or it might be because you know we, we just want to relax and, and we really don't want to say things on the radio. Well, what happens is, and, and this happens to all different levels of pilots, especially myself, is that I forget, you know, when should I call downwind? When should I call in the pattern? That type of thing. So that's that's what something uh, Jamie did. He actually took this person out and said, hey, let's go talk on the radio. And let's talk on the radio at a tower and explain when we need to call and what type of calls we need. What, let's look at the different airspace here because we don't, you know, usually go into controlled airspace because he doesn't need to. He's just doing rides, that type of thing. So there's that, that type of thing is, is really, really important. But I think, I think too, the, the other thing is that when we do go for a flight review, we have to keep in, in mind certain parts of that. There's the, like you were saying, the stalls and, and the knowledge and the physical part of actually flying that, the, the proficiency there. But how about, how about the mental side of this? How about the, the mental side of, of actually understanding the airplane and the aircraft and the systems that we have? Uh, and and the and the actual airplane that we're flying. I remember uh, Tom and I went up flying. I can't remember what system was in the airplane, but I I hadn't looked at it in a while. And uh, oh no, I know what it was. It was the uh, the 172. Actually, you took me up. It wasn't actually during the flight review, and uh, it was a G1000. And Tom actually was good at just going over that with me and saying, "I said, Tom, hey, listen, you know what what is this system, and can we get, maybe go over that because planes are all so different these days." Uh, the great thing was that now Tom had known that in, beforehand and did go over a couple things with me, and that did did help a little bit. But 
again, it's it's one of these systems where you make you could go down a, a heck of a rabbit hole as far as doing a flight review and spending time on just that one specific item, and uh, and not and and nothing and nothing more, which uh, which actually could be a lesson in itself and not just a, a flight review. So uh, anyway, Tom, did you you had something to add to that, or, or Rusty, you had something to add to that? Let's see the uh, sorry about that. But uh, anyway, the uh, the other thing too is the other part of that is uh, aeronautical decision making. Uh, that's another really important part of of the uh, of the whole flight review. Something that we we really need to pay attention to. That's that's quite for sure on there. But uh, anyway, well, so anyway, uh, Russ, go ahead and, and uh, go ahead and uh, add to this. I just wanted to. I don't want to take over all. The, I know it's your topic here, so I want you to add a couple <laughs> more things to this. But we got plenty of time to. So no, get, no, uh, you're doing you're doing a good job, Carl. Yeah, doing a good job. sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to to discuss. You know, how I how I approach this with my students and and kind of from start to finish a little bit and what they can expect. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate as a flight instructor. Sometimes I do get you know the calls. Hey, uh, it's the thirtieth of the month. Can you do a flight review with me? You know, this afternoon. <laughs> you know, and there's not a whole lot of time to prepare. And yes, I'll, I'll do it, but that that's not really my my preference. What I'd prefer is that the the pilot schedule with me, you know, a, you know, a week at least is pretty good, you know, in advance. And I'll give them kind of, kind of this basic rundown. First, I want you to, I want you to come with, come with me with topics. Uh, like Victoria said, you know, Hey, I haven't done steep turns and stalls in a while. I, so can we do it? Absolutely. I'll definitely work those in because I have the things that I am going to insist we work on emergency procedures, uh, aeronautical decision-making, just like you said, Carl, um, a few things like that. But, but the rest is pretty open, and and the CFRs are, are really, really vague as to what's required. Uh, so, I, so I ask, please come to me with topics and get them to me ahead of time. And <laughs> some some of them kind of take this maybe to the extreme, and they they kind of play uh, stump the the chump, stump the CFI there beforehand. You know, sending me emails and stuff. Hey, what about this? What about this? Hey, let's talk about this rule or this or whatever. Hey, I don't understand this latest. Uh, Thing that came out, but that's you know, make me work before the uh, flight review. That's fine. I guess you you earn your mo- I earn my money that way, right? <laughs> but uh, but but that's fine. That's good. Uh, but I, I want to know both what kind of flying you do normally do because that, it's important to cover some areas like that. Like if Victoria was coming to me for a flight review, there's a couple things I would probably cover on cross country flying just to make sure that you know. She hasn't forgotten certain things uh, since her training or whatever. But so I want to know what you normally do, uh, but also what you don't normally do, and especially if you have some items, what scares you? You know, what what really frightens you in the airplane? And and I say that in a kind of a spooky way, but but a lot of us don't really like stalls too much. And if you don't like something, you're not going to do it just by yourself out there. You having fun, right? Mm-hmm. So. Okay, you don't like stalls. You know, let's go do some. And I present this as this. You will hear this from many instructors. This is not a check ride. We know that. But I want to approach it. This is not even me evaluating your skills. I mean, yes, it kind of is. But but approach it more like, hey, you're going to an instructor. You're going to have a chance to learn something. And you're going to have a chance to practice something, knock off some cobwebs. So let's do that. And I find that when you approach it from that standpoint, people are a lot more receptive, I guess. It's not a, you know, adversarial, hey, I got I to gotta perform real well so he'll sign me off. No, no, no. We're going to work on stuff. And if, if things aren't quite up to speed, we'll get you there. It's no problem. But I, so let's talk a little bit about the ground part. All right. Require an hour on the ground. Usually that's that's pretty sufficient unless the unless the person's been out of flying for a while and then we might uh, talk a lot about new rules and such. But I'm not one of the types that likes to go down the the list of requirements. Okay, what what what's your proficiency requirements? Three takeoffs, landings, last ninety days, carry passengers. You know this kind of thing. Not not so much rote memorization. But I want you to if you can come with kind of thought provoking questions or I can ask some. One of my favorite questions I just did this a week or two ago was, so the ceiling is 1100 overcast. Can you do pattern work? And it seems like a fairly straightforward question, but once you start getting into VFR cloud clearance requirements, what class of airspace are you in, E versus G or D or, or whatever, and then, then, then they arrive at an answer, and then you say, well, what about minimum safe altitude? 
how high are you above the ground when you're not? Okay, well, you're allowed, are you allowed to be? So in that, that could be a 10-minute discussion right there, and we're covering all kinds of areas of, of Part 91, which is what we're required to do in a flight review. So it's not just going down a list of, of items. Uh, so that, that's kind of like a scenario-based type training, I think, is yeah, that you're yeah. putting together, and that's, that's pretty brilliant there. If, um, if it's, and along that, exactly right, if it's an IFR pilot, and this is not an IPC, which is a whole def- separate thing maybe we'll do in another show. Oh, definitely. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but if it's an IFR pilot, I might word the question, you've got a, you know, an 800-foot overcast ceiling and you can't get a clearance on the ground. Can you depart? And when, how are you going to get your clearance in the air and the various rules? Same, kind of same line of thinking, but it touches a bunch of different subjects. But so we'll go through some of those things. And, and if uh, I had another guy who he was going to he needed this flight review so he could go buy an airplane in South Carolina and fly it back. OK, well, why don't you come to the flight review with your flight plan for however, however you fl- plan a flight, whether it's paper or for flight or whatever. And we'll go over that. And that'll be the basis for our discussions about airspace, about, you know, what, oh, you got a MOA along your way. How do you find out that information? Are you allowed to go through there? This kind of thing. So we'll make it based on what they need. And uh, Tom, does that sound kind of kind of similar to the kind of thing you're doing? Oh, absolutely. I'm just sitting here enthralled. And, and you know, I've, I've got my list of uh, things, too, and I'm checking them off as you're going over them, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to wait till you're done, and then I'll cover the things that are on my list that you didn't cover, but I, I don't think there's going to be much left over. <laughs> one, co- one comment I do have, though, you mentioned rusty pilots, you know, somebody that comes in that may not have flown for a while. And, uh, you know, I've had guys show up with, with that as well that, you know, hey, I've, I've been out of the game for 20 years. Can I, you know, what do I need to get current again? You know, and, and uh, you know, my, my basic rhetoric to them has been, you know, it's basically um, one hour of, uh, of training for every year, both flight and ground for every year away from. And, and I use that just as an average. You know, it's, it's nothing that's set in stone. But generally, you know, once people get back out in the plane again, they, they realize how far away they are from it. And, and when they start seeing some of the new rules and some of the things that's happened in the past 20 years as far as airspaces and things like that, they realize that, okay, yeah, I've, I've got a lot to learn here to get back you know, to some level of proficiency. And like I said, just as a basic guideline for, for uh, getting back for somebody who's been away for a while, uh, that, that one hour for one year away. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good, uh, good uh Pretty good number that you threw out there, I think. Uh, pretty pretty average, you're right, and some people do it faster, and some will take longer. But, yeah, it's just a good expectation anyway. Yeah, I think so. Uh, then I move on talking more about some of the things I like to see uh, in the flight. Whatever they've come to me with is great. Uh, we will definitely work on that. I'm not going to say, no, we can't, <laughs> we can't do steep turns because it doesn't fit my schedule or something. No, of course not. But, of course, we want to we work on some emergency-type stuff. And... Maybe in some a little bit different scenarios than uh, than than they're than they're used to. Maybe with uh, you know your private pilot training, what happens? You're flying over a field. The instructor pulls a throttle, throttle back to idle, and there you are. Right? You, you pick out your landing point. Well, you know maybe a partial power. Well, what are you going to do? Kind of that aeronautical decision making you talked about, Carl. And how are you going to handle different scenarios? A little bit different. And Carl, you had a question. Yeah, actually, the the question was you're going through these scenarios, and honestly, I I started getting a little nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I'm doing a flight review. For some reason, in my mind, I was starting to get slightly nervous, and I'll tell you why. I was thinking about my career, and I'm like, oh no, you know, if if I don't pass this, and all these things that you're going over and about to go over, this is going to reflect poorly on my record, is it not? And the answer to that is what? There's no record of this. Right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. I mean, if, you know, and it happens, you know, you, you don't have a good day or like Tom was talking about, you know, you haven't flown for 20 years, you're not going to do it in an hour. So what do we put in the book? We put, you received uh, 1.2 hours of dual flight instruction and you covered these areas, steep turn stalls and emergency procedures, and there's just no sign off. Yeah. So there's no, you know, we'll get that next time or we'll get the, the, the time after that. There's no, uh, no failure then. Yeah, no, no there's black no marks. Negative, okay. Uh, in, in, you know, that, the, uh, that we're sending to the FAA to, to keep in your record or something. No. That's an important point. That's an important point. Vic, you, you, you had a question, right, Vic? Yeah. If, if I do my uh, flight review in a helicopter, right. does that mean I'm current to fly a fixed-wing aircraft? Right. Yep. You have your flight review done, but, you don't, but you're not current. 
You're not current, yes, but you <laughs> so, have a flight but review. But you have you're a flight review, current, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's an important point. So don't. Kind of tricky. I, I hate people to go out and do their their review in their helicopter, and then they go and fly an airplane the next day. You aren't legal to fly the, the airplane, but you do have your flight review done. So that's an important. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a very important important point there. So uh, so yeah, it has to be in in an aircraft, and uh, also the person that's giving the flight review is obviously rated that type of thing. But that is your flight review, and uh, and now you need to you know. That move forward, you know, with the different, and there are different things that are prescribed for that flight review. So you're do, doing it in, uh, I don't know, in like a glider. There's different things that that you can do as far as uh, the portion of the flight review in that glider. And I can't remember off off the top of my head, but it's uh, it's like uh, I can't remember exactly. But the but anyway, that's a that's a really really important thing to stress there. So so it's the same as say you went out and got you have your single engine license and then you got your helicopter commercial say. Then there you go. You have a flight review, so you're good to go. It's kind of similar there. You know, it's in a different you know category class, but you still have a flight review completed, and then you can move forward. But you still need to make sure you're current in everything, every type of aircraft too. For instance, right now I'm in, I'm not current in a single engine aircraft. I can't fly with passengers in a single engine aircraft, but I'm current in a multi engine aircraft. It's those are currency requirements as opposed to a flight review requirement. So uh, so that was good. I'm glad you brought that up, Vic. Awesome, really really good question. Anyway, so uh, so does, does I'd like that... to say a little bit of common sense goes into that yeah. answer as well. Yeah, you did your flight review in maybe your helicopter, but you haven't flown um, fixed wing in a while. But even if you're not carrying passengers, it might not be a bad idea to bring a CFI up with you if you haven't flown fixed wing in a few years, just to do a quick checkout. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I had a, a student. He was uh, he's got five thousand hours in a C one thirty, and he was going to take his family up in a Warrior. And I had to run out and tell him, hey, listen, you can't do that. You don't have a single-engine pilot certificate. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you're right. You know, and, and glad I caught him because sometimes we, we logically think it's an airplane. It's a big airplane. We can fly in the other one. I've done a flight review and a multi, but I don't have my, my certificate. I only have a student certificate, and I'm moving forward. Well, I'm trying, don't have a student, but I'm, I'm trying to get my single-engine certificate. So that's important. A really good point there. So I'm glad we clarified that. Awesome stuff. Anyway, sorry we digressed on that one, That's but that is something we really need to make sure of, that you get your flight review, but you also have to make sure you're current in other aircraft. So anyway, sorry, uh, Russ, go ahead and continue with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, like I was, it's talked about the uh, the whole emergency practice. And something I like to introduce, and, and, you know, if they took their check ride, say, maybe their private check ride 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, some of the topics have changed a little bit in, in the check ride. So... For example, emergency descent is one that wasn't on there 20 years ago. So if I'm getting a flight review candidate who uh, who took a strike ride 20 years ago, he's never probably thought of an emergency descent. And by that, we're talking about, you know, your how do you, how do you get down as quickly as you can? Your engine's on fire or your, uh, you know, you lose pressurization or you lose, uh, you know, your oxygen runs out if you're higher up or something. You know, maybe you're flying a turbocharged airplane. So... Uh, so we might cover that. Uh, in addition, there's all kinds of special emphasis areas in the front of the of each practical test standard that provide some some good material to go off. And aeronautical decision making is one of them. Uh, checklist usage, runway incursion, collision avoidance, stall spin awareness, all these things. Kind of a lot that we talked about already. So we might look at some of those. Um, Crosswind landings. I know a couple uh, stuck mic episodes ago we talked about crosswind landings. So, <laughs> so uh, it was probably two episodes ago, I imagine. And and I had mentioned that here in Oklahoma, well, wind is generally down a runway, and when it's not, it's because it's thirty knots from the side or something. So, so we uh, so if we get a good chance with you know maybe ten knots, fifteen knots of crosswind, we'll, we'll definitely take the opportunity to to get that done. When's the last time you landed with no flaps, or if that's your normal ones. The last time you landed with full flaps, uh, whichever one you don't do normally. How about how about a downwind landing? You ever landed downwind for training? You know, with a tailwind. Well, you might need to do it someday. So let, let's give it a shot and see how it looks different. How about you know if if your elevator jams or your, your ailerons jam? How are you going to work on that? How about a boarded takeoff? So you get to ten feet above the runway and you, and you lose the engine. What are you going to do? So these are all things we can work and practice that aren't normally incorporated in the, into training. So this is a great time to do it. I, I think, as you can tell, I think the flight review is fantastic. I love doing flight reviews as a flight instructor. Like I, I get to 
you know, go completely off the reservation with, <laughs> with what I need to cover because it's not targeted towards this check ride. You know, we're not concerned about how many hours it's going to take to perfect steep turns, right? Right. So, yeah, we get to have a good time and work on what we want. Interesting. Yeah. The, Hey, you know, one, one other question though, you, you talked about, uh, you know, doing, I don't know, like crosswind landings, that kind of thing. Uh, going back to the, the flight instructor and say, I've already done my FERC and I come to you and I say to you, Hey, by the way, I just did my FERC. Do I need to do the ground school with you? And actually if it's up to the instructor, by the way, and the, the point I'm going to make is I'll answer the question there is no, you don't have to do that. But I think, Russ, correct me if I'm wrong, you would have a dialogue with me, of course, I would hope, and say, hey, listen, when did you do your FERC? Did you just do it yesterday, or did you do it 12 months ago, that type of thing? And, and say, yeah, are you really up on all this stuff? Because that can substitute for that one hour of ground school. So uh, so we can actually, no matter what, Russ, I think your answer is going to be, it doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna to do something that's outside the box. Um, is that, am I correct in saying that? I, I like to think so, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. If, if the flight instructor has been if done, has done that FERC, which is, you know, I forget the number, six, allegedly 16. 16 hours or something, right? Uh, it's yeah. taken me a long time. Yeah, right. <laughs> it really, it's the one I'm using. But anyway, yeah, I'm going to review it later. <laughs> it's a lot longer than one hour. So yeah. it sure <laughs> yeah, so is. That, that's, that's generally pretty good. But yeah, we, we might cover a couple things, but we'll move from there. Awesome. Anyway, what's the next thing you had on your list there, uh, Russ? Well, I. There's a advisory circular, mm-hmm. 61-98. I'm sure everybody's going to go download it and read it right away. Okay, We'll, we'll have a <laughs> and, link to it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, current revision is... 61... C, I think. 61-98C. And that is the uh, FA's guidance on flight reviews. And it talks about a lot of the stuff that we've kind of talked about so far, uh, including some of the special interest items they have in there. And one of their ideas is this idea of stabilized approaches, right? And this is big in the airline world, Carl. I mean, you know all about this mm-hmm. and about being on airspeed and on altitude for miles before you land, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, we, we should and can do that in light aircraft too. I mean, I, I owned an aircraft for 11 years. I owned a Warrior. And after 11 years, I could pretty much land that thing from any reasonable configuration of of speed on downwind and altitude and whatever, just because I was so used to it. But that wasn't really the safest way to operate either, though, right? right. So you know, I could do it, but that doesn't mean it's a good idea. So this is a concept of stabilized approaches and you know, steady descent rates and on your target airspeed. And that, that's something we, we can definitely work on in, uh, in the landing practice. Uh, they stress concentrating a little bit on automation failure. We've had mm-hmm. a lot of situations recently where People have kind of lost control of the autopilot, you know, essentially. What's this thing doing now? Right. Well, there are different failure modes for any autopilot and, uh, or other automation. So kind of, kind of cover those if, if the aircraft is so equipped. And then they go on to recommend some of the slow flights and stalls and stuff that we've already talked about. And then, of course, discuss the, the wings program too. But it's, it's a good kind of overview of a flight review. Um, it's really more, I think, oriented towards the instructors, but it's, it's some good information for the pilots as well. Cool. And that's, uh, again, what's that, again, the uh, reference? Uh, it's AC61-98, Charlie. Okay, 61-98, Charlie. We'll definitely put that in there. Yeah. Awesome. That's, uh, that's a, good, a great resource for instructors, but I, I think uh, all students should also read that before they go to the flight review and say, hey, should I, this is what I should do, that type of thing. You know, you're talking about automation, and, uh, you know, I can attest to that. We, uh, the plane that I fly for work, there's so many times that we sit there and say, what, what is it doing now, and why is it doing that? You know, you sit there, and it's a highly automated aircraft, and, and if you don't know how to, to jump in there and, and say, hey, listen, I need, to, I need to interact with this and either turn some of the automation off or or do something different with the automation. Uh, you could you know go down a rabbit hole and, and get yourself in, in quite a bit of, of uh, trouble there. Uh, but uh, but Russ, those those are all great things. Is is there anything else you wanted to add to that, Russ? I, I think I've said enough for one. For no no no. One, this uh, episode. This no. is awesome. I, I think this is cool. What you do. I think the the attitude is the best is the most important thing, of of wanting your students to learn something and to learn something new and also thinking outside the box and 
And what's cool is you can kind of tell in what you, the way you say it is that you kind of you want to make it fun. And, you know, from the get-go, you tell them, listen, you can't fail this. And, uh, you know, you, you, will, you will complete the flight review eventually. So, um, Well, that's, that's the whole idea, Carl. And you're absolutely right. And I have, I've talked to people who are, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say scared of the flight review necessarily, but, I mean, they're, they're buying books and studying up for that. They're legitimately worried about it. And, man, it's, it's just a good chance to go fly. And learn something new. Oh yeah, and it's awesome too because it, like you said, it doesn't go on your. I mean, go on your record. Uh, I think a lot of folks that are here working professionally might think that. Oh my gosh, if you have that type of an event at work, it's a different story because you need additional training, and that goes on your record now because of all the new rules. Uh, where this is, if you need additional training, uh, that can be addressed. So that that would actually be my next question for you before I ask you know Tom what else he has on his list is what do you do in the case of a student uh, or anybody that comes to you and, and they don't quite uh, complete what you feel is a flight review. In other words, you feel they need more practice. How do you address that issue? Well, fortunately, generally, at least in my experience, when someone doesn't meet the standards, they they know it. <laughs> you know, that it, it wasn't just they, you know, missed a turn by a few feet or something, you know, but you know, they, they bounced the landing halfway down <laughs> the runway and then had to go around or something. So they, they know it. And so we just say, hey, well, you know, let's see if we can get together tomorrow or, or, or something and we'll, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up and take it from there. So that's all we can do. And, and you can continue until you run out of time. And, uh, and that's kind of cool. Cause if you have someone who's really sharp, uh, and that you complete everything, that's the other thing you can do. I know I do that in my flight reviews at work, is I turn to the instructor and say, hey, can I see this if we have time? I'll really work hard to try to get through everything. Can we maybe do this, this, and this? And they're usually really cool about it, and most instructors really want to show you something neat and different and, and new, so that shouldn't be an issue with going out there and asking your instructor, hey, can we do this if I get everything done? And I'm sure you know, Rush, you're like that, and I'm like that, and Tom's like that. You know, we all want our students to have fun, and we want them to learn something new also. So that's quite important, too. So, uh, Tom, what else did you have on, on your list? I just have, like, one other thing, and then I'm, I've, I've got, and we, got, we can get on to our picks of the week after that. Right, um, and, and, you know, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate Russ's enthusiasm with this, you know, and I hope that I uh, exude some of that with uh, my students as well because you're right, this is the fun part of being a flight instructor is, is um, being outside the box just a little bit, you know, and, uh, and was all really great stuff. Um, Russ, and, and, and very thorough too. Um, the only two things that I picked up out of there was um, one of them was out of the documents. There's also an FAA guidance document uh, mm -hmm. uh, on conducting an effective flight review. And I bring that up only, it, it's obviously very helpful for a CFI, but it's also very helpful for a student to be able to go out there and look, you know, what is the CFI doing to try to create that flight review? And, and what are the things that he's going to be looking for? And it, it helps them be proactive to have that information to move forward with um, with getting their flight review, you know, by, by keeping their head in the game. And then, um, let's see, one other thing, um, we went through, you know, the scheduling and recency, and I, I really liked about the, the likes and dislikes of a pilot, you know, something that they're scared of. I, I'd like to know that information. That was a, a nugget I took from Russ tonight. Um, a flight plan, um, one of the other things that came up for me, too, is like, I like to know my students' goals. Where, where are they going? What do they like to do? And and uh, what are they um, what are they planning on doing? What do they want to do with their uh, their ratings? And uh, are they looking for an aviation career? Are they you know do they want to expand in some way, shape, or form? And and that usually helps guide me as well. Um, other than that, you know, Russ, you were pretty thorough, and I don't think I have anything else. So I, I think that was an excellent discussion. And Tom and, and Russ, thanks so much for your input. Uh, one of the things I just want to go over real quickly at the end is determining who needs to do a flight review. Like we said, it uh, you have to do a flight review if you have a rating. But uh, one more question is on the student pilot certificate. Because uh, back you know when I started, heck, we didn't even have pre-solo written exams. And now you have to actually do that. There's a lot of things that have changed. Now, the, the actual pilots, or excuse me, student pilot certificate doesn't expire anymore in 24 months. It's actually going to be longer than that, depending on on the age, et cetera. Um, so how about that student uh, flight, excuse me, the student pilot certificate, do they have to do a flight review? And uh, the answer to that is no. 
They they do not have to do a flight review. So remember, if and some people get confused because their flight, their student pilot certificates, val longer than that twenty four months. But you don't have to actually do a flight review. So so really, just remember that you you, you can you can continue with your student pilot certificate uh, even though you are past that twenty four months because. You don't need to flight review. You have a student pilot certificate. The other thing that I think was was pretty interesting is, uh, you know, people that that get involved in the the wings program, uh, and I I know we're stressing that a lot here. The FASafety.gov, they actually have shown statistics where people that are involved are actually less likely to have accidents or incidences. Also, it looks good when you if you do have an issue, uh, they'll look and see how many of these uh, seminars, et cetera, that you went to, and if you uh, actually were involved. And it might uh, it might influence or may make the outcome a little bit different as far as uh, any kind of enforcement type of action there. There's also some other uh, things in there as far as using a, a flight simulator, that type of thing, accomplishing these the flight reviews. And there's there's some more we'll go down that way. But we really want to focus on the airplane portion of it, and that's what we're doing today. Is is just get up in that airplane, go fly, and and uh, you know have a lot of fun with it. So one of the things that I, I, um, I think that is really, really awesome is the fact that if you listen to Tom, you listen to myself, you listen to, to everybody here, that it's really exciting to, to go up and have fun in a flight review. It's one of those opportunities where you get to get with an instructor and you have some fun. You're, you're doing something, you're accomplishing something, but you're also having a good time. And if you notice that we're we're all instructors and we're here to help, we're not here to to actually have, you know, a, a session of of testing. We're having a session of learning and interacting, and I think that's quite important. And I think Russ really brought that through. Well, anyway, guys, I think that's it on the flight review portion. Hopefully, we've brought some things to you. We do have some links. Uh, I know Tom, you had a link to the guide to the flight review, and then there was the the currency requirements, etc. So we'll have all those links in this episode, episode one nineteen of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Our picks of the week. So now is our our portion where we get to talk about the uh, some of the more fun stuff, uh, and that is the picks of the week. So to start off uh, off with the pick of the week, Victoria, what is your pick of the week this week? Well, I don't like to talk about my work too much, um, but I did want to mention it was something kind of cool because UAVs and drones are just growing and becoming a big portion of, I guess you would, it's still part of the aviation industry and um, there's a lot of liability out on the line. So um, at Aviation Insurance Resources, we actually do UAV insurance now. So if anyone had any questions, um, you can message uh, Stuck Mike or me personally and be happy to uh, answer questions about insuring your drone. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's actually very interesting because that's becoming a big part of our community, isn't it? The, the it's It's a whole new world. Yeah, I actually uh, just flew over a couple of drones uh, the other day in downtown Manhattan, and uh, it was pretty cool. I saw you know a couple of these drones down. I don't know what they were doing, taking photos or something like that. But uh, it was it's interesting to see because you're you're like, what is that? It's square and it's white and it's like, oh, that's a drone. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of people were freaking out about it, but uh, I think they were you know flying them properly. But uh, having insurance for them is really really important. Uh, and and flying around them safely is important, obviously. So the next person up is uh, Rick Felty. Rick, what is your well, pick? Here's a little um, a little self-serving plug uh, that I will put out there. Um, these these and it's semi aviation related in that the the book topic has to do with uh, with um, space travel. So that's close. Um, anyway, the second in the series of Tabitha Fink books that I've been working on for kids oh, cool. is uh, coming out. And it will be, by the time this is uh, public, it will be available on uh, Amazon. It's called Tabitha Fink on a Mission to Mars. And it's a uh, little space fantasy with the cat. And um, it's pretty fun. So it's out there. Uh, you can look look up on Amazon by my name or Tabitha Fink, and you'll find it. Cool. And, and, and uh, so kind link? of fir- first, through, first, through thir- fir- first through third grade range, slightly older than the last one. Um, yeah, I'll get you a link. Cool. It's a, I'll get you an Amazon link. It'll probably be tomorrow. Awesome. Well, as, as we record this. But yeah. Awesome. Definitely. 
Cool. Yeah, it's uh, that's pretty exciting. I I think those are, are really neat. It's uh, I like them. I think they're cool. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. They, yeah, it's, it's fun, it's for fun me to too. do. And and the message this one's about uh, learning and ex- and not being afraid to try things and not being afraid of people that are different than you, right. which is all very good stuff. Great stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Cool stuff. I can't wait to to read that. Uh, anyway, next up is and we'll have a link to that by the way is uh, Sean Moody. Sean, what is your pick of the week? Uh, mine this time is a uh, website and a Facebook page called Miss Hatton. Um, she's a, it's really cool. She's a photographer, and I, I, she must be based out of the Manhattan area. Um, but she gets some great aerial pictures of different cities, um, and they're just some beautiful photographs. So it's not really airplane-related, but the views are pretty much what you would expect to see from a cockpit and just some gorgeous, gorgeous views of, you know, not only New York but other other major cities around the country. Um, and they, uh, she has some of her uh, prints for sale on the website. Um, but I've, I've, this is actually the first time I've been on her website. I've seen her Facebook page many times. But they've just got some absolutely gorgeous aerial shots here on this website. That's awesome. That's uh, it's cool to watch uh, anything from the air, and she does have some neat stuff out there on Instagram, especially, which oh, is, yeah. is really really cool stuff. Uh, uh, Miss Hatton, and you'll get a link to that, uh, or we'll put a link on the website for that. Um, let me do my my next uh, one was actually going to be in the beginning. Uh, it was going to be an announcement, but I really it, it's really a pick of the week. So it's something new. It's something that I think is really exciting, and it's something that uh, I've been involved with partially because of the person the people involved and that is the new sport aviation village and showcase and uh, i know some of you have heard about this but uh, today we're recording this on the 27th of uh, april they it was just announced that uh, deland will have a sport aviation showcase and and that's what they're they're calling the the new event that they're going to have uh, every year it's going to be annually and they're going to showcase obviously sport aviation and uh, light sport aircraft and any type of appliances and and other different you know seminars that they're going to have there uh, that's going to be November 3rd through 5th this year uh, and that's really cool but the other cool thing not just the showcase which is the quote unquote the the air show the the expo that type of thing there's also going to have this village that's going to be on the opposite end of the airport and this is an area that's being developed co- for commercial use that is going to help promote the growth of sport aviation. And, uh, you know, some of my friends were saying to me the other day, do we really need another sport aviation type of expo, etc.? Well, it really, I love the name of it and the way they named it. It's the showcase. It's a village and it's a showcase. And the showcase is basically, you know, if you look at it, it's kind of like when we're kids, we look into the showcase and we're looking at the toys in the showcase. And I think that name it makes me think of me as a child when I was looking inside the fence and had my my hands gripping that, that steel fence and saying, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to go fly. So this is what we're trying to promote here is to, to showcase airplanes, uh, different parts, different uh, people that are involved in aviation, but specifically in more of the sport aviation community. And the and the more affordable type of aircraft. So that that's a really exciting. That's in Deland, Florida, not far from uh, Orlando. And uh, I think Tom, you're going to do your your pick of the week. But have you actually been out there uh, in Deland? No, I have not. No, okay. It's uh, it's actually a really cool. It's, there's a lot of skydivers there. That's that's for sure. Skydive Deland. But what is your pick of the week again, Tom? Let's see. Um... I just couldn't resist. So uh, what I'm picking is the uh, FAA Safety Wings program. <laughs> yeah, and it just, I know it was easy pickings, but, you know, I, I found something here that was actually, um, it's a very good explanation of the program. For So those listeners who aren't uh, real familiar with the Wings program, um, I'm going to put, put up a link that uh, it, it's a real good explanation and a way to get started on this thing. And, um, you know, it, it's something that can be used to your advantage the way that we spoke about tonight, and, and I think it's worth putting it up there as a pick of the week. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm picking. Awesome. I, I think that's a, a great pick of the week, Tom. And uh, Tom actually has helped quite a bit with the, the Wings program and helped volunteer and knows uh, quite a bit about it. And uh, I think the a lot of people don't understand it. It's really simple. It's uh, sometimes a little, a little tough to navigate around, but uh, once you get the hang of it, it's not too bad. Let's see. We have one more pick of the week, and uh, that would be you, Russ. Okay. Well, I can't believe uh, my, my pick of the week uh, it kind of makes me laugh. It is Google, of all things, but more specifically, 
uh, Google Books, which has a ton of old issues of Flying Magazine. And we're talking from November 1927 until sometime in 2008, I believe. And they're all on, you know, viewable, every page, you know, on your computer. It's Google, so it's free. And it's just really fascinating. I mean, like I don't get enough magazines already. But, <laughs> but you know, some of these, some of the articles, you know, kind of making my way, like just, you know, flipping through the pages. And, and there was this article from 1960 about the explaining this new hood time requirement for the private pilot certificate, you know, because that was the, the new regulation the FAA just put out that you have to get instrument training as a private pilot. And it was very confusing. And, you know, this was an explanation. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting if it, you know, some of the stuff we're kind of talking about today. But, but some of the ads are, are funny, you know, of course, because of the, oh, the, the costs of training make you laugh, you know, <laughs> in some ways. But, uh, because they seem so cheap to us, but you know some of the some of the things which were very very important back then and worthy of advertising, you know, aren't anymore. And so it's just it's just an interesting journey through time. And like I said, you start in 1927 and work to 2008. So anywhere in there, I found for me personally, kind of the 60s and 70s is is a pretty interesting uh, era for this because of course aviation was very popular and growing at the time. And so there are all kinds of ads for new equipment and new navigation receivers and this kind of thing. But but uh, yeah, Google Books, uh, Flying Magazine, and just s- something to flip through when you got a few minutes. Yeah, there's all sorts of magazines in there that have to do with flying, like remember oh, Popular yeah, Mechanics, etc. Yeah, that's stuff. right. It's not the only one. It's just yeah, just the one I'm, I'm looking at right now, I guess. Yeah, that's that's awesome, Russ. That's cool. Thanks. And uh, we'll have a link to that. And uh, I think you can pretty much find that in Google. Most people can, but it's uh, it's it's amazing the stuff you can find out there on Google and the books there. That's uh, some really cool aviation stuff. And it's uh, a lot of things haven't changed. Uh, some things have, but uh, a lot of things haven't. It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, all these years later, and some of the same stick and rudder things are, are the same. Pretty pretty amazing. The after landing checklist. Well, gosh, guys, I, I appreciate everybody uh, coming here this evening. That that kind of ends the discussion as far as uh, flight reviews. And and uh, what I'd like to do is to actually try to encourage you, the listener, to go out and get with your instructor and talk a little bit about flight reviews, whether you have one coming up or not. Uh, just say, hey, you know, how do you do a flight review? And, and you know, I'd like to maybe start preparing for mine now and discuss, you know, something new, something different that you can learn from this flight review. Go outside the box, like Russ says, and, and do something different during that flight review. I really encourage you to do that. And, uh, and hopefully that'll make you a much safer pilot, much more well-rounded pilot, and also it'll be a lot of fun, and that's really important. Well, you know, from myself and Tom Frick and Russ Wozleski and Nick, uh, excuse me, with Victoria Newville, and uh, we also have Rick Felty and Sean Moody. I really appreciate your listening. And don't forget, if you have a comment or a question, go to stuckmygabcast.com and click on the contact page. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.